Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. You're very welcome along to the Big Red Bench this Saturday evening. Glenmire are All-Ireland champions. We'll get reaction from the camp after a super win in Pro Park. They defeated Ballinamore of Leitrim to claim the LGFA Intermediate Club crown. Tomorrow sees O'Donovan Rossa go for junior glory. Joe McCarthy brings us a huge preview on that later on. Jimmy White and Ken Darty are coming to Black Rock in January 2nd. I spoke to the whirlwind during the week and we'll hear about it this evening. He also chats to us about Corkman Arn Hill. Munster face Exeter tomorrow in the Champions Cup. Fiona Hayes and Alan Quinlan preview the clash. Plenty of action elsewhere in the Premier League as well. We'll hear about the biggest stories of the day. All of that between here and seven. You're listening to The Big Red Bench here on Cork's Red FM. It's Aidan Leahy here with you until 7 o'clock, uh, 0868-104-106 if you want to get in touch with us or at Big Red Bench on Twitter or X, whichever you want to call it yourselves these days. We'll get to the big victory for Glanmar in just a moment. We'll round up the action from the day uh, quickly first. And the big news from the Premier League is that Luton Town captain Tom Lockyer is reportedly alert and responsive after collapsing during their Premier League match away at Bournemouth this afternoon. The game has since been abandoned while at 1-0. Lockyer was stretchered off, surrounded by medical staff. The Wales International was taken to hospital after collapsing during their championship playoff final over uh, the victory over Coventry in May. And let's hear from the ground itself after that game was abandoned. Uh, here is Peter Hood uh, reporting from the Vitality. Play was suspended on the 65th minute mark here on the south coast after Tom Lockyer went down with nobody around him. His boss, Rob Edwards, ran onto the pitch to get the rest of the players away from the Welsh international who was stretched off the field surrounded by medical staff. It's the second time Lockyer has collapsed on the pitch. He needed hospital treatment for a heart condition after going down in the championship playoff final against Coventry in May. Yeah, really frightening stuff and uh, obviously everybody hopes that Tom Lockyer can recover quickly um, just really frightening and no wonder the game is abandoned um, and rightly so I would say like even when you think back to the Euros when Christian Eriksen collapsed and Denmark and Finland played out the rest of the game um, tough one for the players obviously it's like we don't know what they'll do with that game now will it stay at one all who knows but um just uh, frightening and obviously the, the players' welfare is at the centre of it all. Uh, meanwhile, Man City dropped points again today. The champions give up a two-goal lead to draw two all at Crystal Palace at the Etihad. The result means City remain fourth and are three points behind leaders Liverpool who have a game in hand. Chelsea beat bottom side Sheffield United 2-0 at Stamford Bridge. That was thanks to goals from Cole Palmer and Nicholas Jackson. Newcastle enjoyed a 3-0 win over 10 men Fulham at St. James's Park. Lewis Moyley scored for the hosts for the very first time there. And Burnley lead Everton 1-0 after just over... Uh, it's actually two... Whoa, what's going up there? Uh, hold on, we have a goal flash coming in here. 
it says that Everton lead Burnley 2-0 in the Premier League but I don't think that is the correct heading Adam Jury is a turf more let's find out what's happening a second goal for the top is scored this time by a former Claris in Michael Keane it was a free kick that came over the top from Pickford it was flicked forward by Tarkovsky there was Michael Keane he beats in the offside trap he took the strike the first time it was a great save from Trafford but the deflection came back off his teammate and then in there was Keane for the rebound hit it low hard into the bottom corner of the net and now it's Burnley nil, Everton 2 yeah Okay, uh, I have two different things here saying that it was Burnley that took a 1-0 lead over Everton. But as we've just heard from Adam Jury, who was at the ground, it is Everton who lead Burnley 2-0 there. There must have been a rule. There was no rule dot goal. I'm not sure what happened there. Uh, the system maybe just having a bit of a bit of a moment there to itself. Uh, but that is the story in the Premier League at the moment. Plenty of rugby going on as well. Leinster and Sale Sharks tied at three points apiece in the first half of their Pool 4 Champions Cup game at the RDS. Kieran Frawley kicking a penalty. They're obsessed with pushing Kieran Frawley now, aren't they? God, it's they're unbelievable, aren't they, the Leinster crowd? The way they get this stuff going for players is just fantastic. Like, Jack Crowley, uh, for all intents and purposes, for me anyway, has the number 10 set up for Ireland the next time Ireland get together. Just this Leinster media machine pushing Kieran Frawley now ahead of him. It is absolutely incredible. They're just, they're brilliant. They're a great bunch, aren't they, up there in Leinster, aren't they? Fantastic. Elsewhere in that pool, Lara Shell lost again today. Uh, Rona Garra's side were beaten 21 points to 20 by the Stormers in Cape Town. Uh, Springbok Manny Libok sealed the win for the host with the last kick of the game. Also look forward to the visit of Stuart Lancaster's Racing 92 to the Kingspan. That's in Pool 2 at 8 o'clock tonight. Connacht lost their second consecutive game this afternoon they were beaten 55 points to 36 by Saracens in London Connacht losing in Europe not really a massive surprise there is it uh, Omar Park in Port Leash hosts the first of this weekend's All-Ireland's Club Senior Hurling semi-finals this evening Bally Gunner will be looking to avoid back-to-back semi-final losses as they take on Galway champions St Thomas's throwing there is at half past seven and of course the darts is back it's day two of the PDC World Arts Championship and it's well underway uh, the first Irish involvement will be uh, later on Meads Keane Barry has round one contest with Reynaldo Rivera that's this evening at, at Alexandra Palace and uh, the winner will face three time world champion Michael Van Gorwin on Tuesday alright let's jump right into uh, the ladies football action and uh, what a fantastic day for Glanmire they're the LGFA Intermediate Club of Ireland champions the Cork side beat Ballinamore Sean O'Heslins of Leitrim 5-8 to 1-6 at Croke Park and I caught up with Glanmire coach Connor Quinlan after the game. All right, delighted to be joined on the line now by Connor Quinlan, coach of with the victorious Glanmire ladies footballers who've claimed intermediate club glory at Croke Park. Connor, uh, tell me how you're feeling right now. Um, ecstatic, really, especially for the girls. Um, it's all about the girls. The, the plan for the season was to win the county. That was our initial plan. And then we just rolled along with every game after that and took every game as it comes. And um, one monster, and then as the All Ireland came about, we were we were probably the better team in the the latter stages of Munster and the All Ireland series, but we still didn't culminate in a good performance that we were waiting for, that we were training for, and it kind of came together today. To be honest, anything we worked on all year, it kind of everything came together for us today. That's it, exactly. A, a bit of a dream, isn't it, to have a performance like that in the final? Five goals go in the final. It's uh, it's more than likely going to be your day, isn't it? Yeah, um, 
Look, we, we had a lot of chance. Like, we were up about 25, 30 chances in most of the games. We just maybe a final pass and just small little t- errors along the way. We just didn't finish off the chances that we that we created. Um, I, I, to be honest, coming up to Croke Park, I knew it would really suit the girls. Like, the fears that led us in the team, the young, the fit. Um, and I don't think fitness would ever be a problem. Like, and they have more of that, you know? Absolutely. Like, this time of year, it's... I think we saw last week with the the Dingle Castlehaven game that you know this competition these competitions at this time of year can be a bit of a lottery at times it's great to be in them it is great to win them it's a tough journey though isn't it yeah um, like you, that's what I said we, we had probably a bit of cock arrogance or people around the cock were saying oh you'll have a good chance in months or all out but if you, when you get out and you're meeting proper teams that are physically well able that are kind of mature um, do you know that mature physicality yeah. in women where a lot of our girls are a little bit younger as well and stuff like that and you just get into dog fights that you don't expect to get in um, so well look from the county final which was the toughest game we had up to then and the current months the games were tricky as well but we always knew getting to Crow Park was um, I thought we were going to let loose up here honestly did you know they were very relaxed yeah. as well today I thought I was I was watching uh, Vince Barry speaking to TG Cahar here in studio on the TV and obviously spoke about the, the floods in Glenmire which isn't that long ago at all Like uh, and the difficulties that's provided with you and obviously to a larger extent the rest of the community it's great that you're able to bring this bit of joy now back to Glenmire um, in what has been a very difficult period leading up to Christmas etc but for yourselves as well to overcome that massive probably logistical problem uh, and to stay on the road to stay training to get to to this stage and to bring home a cup like it's it's a, a massive culmination of a couple of months of uh, just real struggle I guess in that area yeah it was very tricky for a couple of months in fairness because we, we were using stars all weather pitch during the year that was unavailable stars which was unavailable we had trained there as well this year the pike was unavailable for a long stretch as well um, and in fairness to Vinti Vinti actually done a lot of work around Glamour himself for free uh, his own construction company put men into houses and everything so I hope that he was rewarded for that today you know his generosity as well Absolutely. Uh, I heard the, the Glenmire Express will be down around 10 o'clock. You must be looking forward to, to getting down to Glenmire. It's going to be some night, I imagine. Yeah, look, it still hasn't sunk in, I think, with a lot of the girls and the management and stuff like that. We're still kind of daydreaming. I mean, like, to come to Crow Park, to even get to use these facilities, to get to play in these facilities and to come away with an all-hour in the wind, like, I mean, it's, it's dreams come true, really. A lot of the girls have, like, there's somebody else haven't even been to Dublin. They might never mind Crow Park, you know? <laughs> Excellent stuff. Great note to leave it on. Connor Quinlan, uh, congrats and thanks a million for joining us on the Big Red Bench. Thank you. Thank you. Excellent stuff there, Connor Quinlan, coach with the Glenmore Ladies Footballers, who are the All-Ireland Champions, and uh, they will be getting a hero's welcome, no doubt, when they get home to Glenmore later on tonight. And it could be another day of All-Ireland glory tomorrow, as uh, O'Donovan Rossa head for the final of the Junior Club Championship. Um, of course, the Skibbereen team, they're going to go and take on the Mayo Champions, Claire Morris at Parnell Park. Joe McCarthy has been speaking to Trina Murphy, Christine Fitzgerald and Michelle Donnan, head of an historic occasion for the West Cork Club. Now on Cork's Red FM's Big Red Bench, we are absolutely delighted to be joined by three members of the O'Donovan Rossa um, ladies football team who are heading to Parnell Park on Sunday, December the 17th at 2pm to play in this year's All-Ireland LGFA Junior 
All-Ireland final. Um, we are delighted, as I said, to be joined by, first of all, Trina Murphy. Trina, how are you? Good, thanks, Trina. How are you? I'm good. Great. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we're also joined by Michelle Donnellan. Michelle, you're welcome to the show. How are you? Thanks very much. I'm good, thanks. And yourself? I'm sure not too bad. I'm busy, thanks to you. And uh, also, Christine Fitzgerald, uh, you're very welcome to the show. How are you? Good, thanks, Chair. No bother, no bother. Great to have you with us. Um, let's start with you, Trina. Before we talk about what's to come in Parnell Park on the Sunday, December 17th, let's quickly go back and talk about what was an unbelievable occasion on the uh, only this past weekend, and that was the All-Ireland semi-final, which was held in Skibreen in Rossa Park, when you took on the Leinster and Wexford champions, Gus Aran. You won the game and, and played very, very well, and uh, you also knocked in a goal, as I recall. Um, can you talk to me about... The fantastic scenes afterwards and the way the crowd and the huge crowd they, that turned up, how they reacted to the victory and how, how that made the whole panel feel. Yeah, it was absolutely amazing, Ger. Um, do you know, I suppose before the game when we were warming up, you could see the crowd um, uh, like flooding into the park, but uh, it wasn't until afterwards that you could really enjoy it. You know, looking up onto the hill, it was just packed with people. And then it was so lovely, um, you know, walking off the field, the whole crowd got behind us and clapped us off. So it really was just special. And, you know, having all your family and friends and neighbours there, it was just amazing. Yeah, I, I mentioned in an Echo, or an Echo article in, in tonight's Echo and, and this week's article, by the time this recording comes out, it'll be gone. But it normally takes about less than a minute to walk from the pitch to the dressing room, Trina. It took you longer than that, simply because there was a sea of red and white. And I suppose, you have you have you had a chance really to take it all in, what you've achieved? Or was that moment a reminder of how far you've come? Yeah, um, I suppose that moment is just special and it's something that will live on in our memories for a long time. Do you know, when we look back at it, it'll definitely be something that we'll remember. Um, do you know, just getting to the changing room, there was just so many people coming up, hugging you, congratulating you. Um, it was just amazing. And to see like all the red and white, you know, to see supporters that wouldn't have been at games and then to see the supporters that have been there all year. It was just incredible. And that's the thing, Michelle Donnellan, like, um, you know, when you're on this journey, you've gone through winning the Junior A County after losing last year's final, then sweeping through Munster, uh, and then, you know, leaving these shores to go to Glasgow to go to a quarter final. It's only, I suppose, you had a real opportunity to understand how much the town of Skibreen appreciates what you've done. You got to see that last weekend. Yeah, it was brilliant. Just seeing everyone out there supporting us and the town covered in red and white, all the businesses and people coming up to you like all during the week just saying, you know, wishing us well and even them themselves couldn't believe, you know, that an All-Ireland semi-final was being played at home and it was just brilliant to have it being played at home. It was amazing, yeah. Was it a bit more nervy than normal in the build-up and in the dressing room just before? A small bit more because, you know, you're at your hometown, you want to make sure that you're going to do well and, well, the team was all, we were all behind us, we all wanted it anyway, so everyone was... That's what we wanted to do, just get out there and win it. And is that it, Christine? I mean, the focus remains the same, irrespective of where you play your matches. There was a lot of extra hype in this semi-final because it was in Skibbereen, but um, you got the job done. Yeah, I think like we tend to approach every game the same way. We want to go out, we want to win it. Can't control the crowd, can't control the referee. There's nothing we can do about those, so all we could do was focus on ourselves. And I think... We um, warmed up over in the Riverside Complex, which was away from the crowd, and I think that helped as well. You know, we timed to do a good warm-up, come back into the dressing room, have a chat, go out. That's where we saw the crowd, first of all. Um, so, yeah, I think we just, as I say, we approach every game the same way. We want to go out and we want to win it. 
and absolutely went, went and did. He certainly did and did it did in some style. And is that the same approach, Christine, that you need to take now against Claire Morrison and all Ireland finally? You've just got there's going to be a huge amount of hype, even more so than the semi final, because you're going to Parnell Park, it's an all Ireland final. I know it's very close to Christmas, but there's going to be a huge crowd following you up there as well. Is it more of the same, just focusing and doing the things that have gotten you to this point? Definitely. Um, I think like while we were prepared for the Munster final in terms of our football, we probably weren't prepared in terms of the hype. We weren't expecting such a big crowd or the music and everything that went with it. But now we've experienced all that. We've experienced obviously the home semi-final, which was the biggest crowd we'll ever play in front of probably. Um, so I think that's all prepared us for it. Oh, I doubt. I doubt that's the biggest crowd you're ever going to play in front of as time goes on, Christine. I would hope so. Anyway, but yeah, it's, it's a fair, it's a good point. Trina, yourself, and Laura Manny uh, in midfield covered some amount of ground the last day, and you've been doing that all the way through the county, the Munster Provincial, and now the All Ireland Championship. Um, the goal that you scored, you told me after the game that you didn't mean it. We're going to edit that out because you did mean it. You were going for the top corner all along, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, it was absolutely amazing. I suppose I was just in the right place at the right time. Um, it could easily have been any of the other um, girls there, but it just meant so much that it did go in. So it was absolutely amazing. Yeah. Um, your management team this year, Trina, especially a lot of individuals that have been behind the scenes for a few years, but James O'Donovan and his influence on this team. Can you can you put it into context just how important he's been to you this year? Oh, it's just been incredible. Um, you know, since James came on board this year, it's just been amazing, you know, all the trainings have just been um, so good, you know, there's been so much structure to them, you know, exactly what you're supposed to do. And then um, each game, you know, they've worked so hard, there's so much um, organising goes on in the background that you don't need to worry about anything. Um, just go out and play your football and you know exactly what you're to do as well, you know, everyone um, knows their role and... Um, you know, it's just incredible and I think it's it's working anyway, so it's great. That's that's a very good point you've made there, um, Trina and Michelle. The fact that even when you travelled over, you know, to, to Glasgow, that you didn't have to worry about anything, just get your I think it was all your passports is all you were asked for, that you could just focus on the job that you were being asked to do. And that's because there's a really hard working committee and a lot of dedicated volunteers working that we don't normally see behind the scenes at Little Rossa. Yeah, like what they do behind the scenes is amazing. There's there's loads goes into it. And like you said, all we had to do was just show our passport, show up on the day for the bus, get on the plane, land there, go to the hotel, wake up the following morning, breakfast is organised, the bus is organised. It's just, it's incredible the way they've just set us up all year. We haven't had to worry about anything, only just go out and do what we're meant to do and, you know, play our best and win the game, hopefully. <laughs> Did you see this coming, Michelle? Did you see an all Ireland? Okay, not an all Ireland final, but did I know the determination that was there to win the Junior A County this year? And boy, did you were were you determined? I know why because I was there with you last year as well. But once you came out of the county, was it a case of okay, the pressure's off, or did you sit down and talk about what you wanted to do in Munster, or has it just organically gone the way it has? Yeah, kind of a bit of both. Like once we won the county, which was our main focus, and then we kind of went out and give it a shot and of course yeah we wanted to see how far we could go but I don't think anyone ever realised that at this time we'd be going into an All-Ireland final still playing football in December and still training you know a couple of nights a week it's it's great it's amazing and it's actually 
made the winter so much shorter, yeah. you know, having something to look forward to. It's, it's yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> and much like the Castlehaven men's team, it's just interesting you made that parallel about shortening the winter, Michelle. Christine, there's a lot of people in Skibreen, and if you drive through Skibreen, it's amazing. Obviously, the Christmas decorations are over the moment, but there's red and white in every single, it's not just a cliche, in every window, in every porch, there's a red and white scarf, a hat, uh, a teddy bear. This The town and the club have genuinely gotten behind you, much like the community in Union Hall and Castle Townsend. And they've said the same thing, that this has been a lovely thing for older people living in the area, something to focus in on, to keep them interested, to keep them going. Have you felt that the same way in Skibreen? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, everywhere any of us go, we're asked about, you know, when the next match is, or are we part of the team? I obviously work in primary school in Skib, and every child that passes me in the corridor wishes me luck, or says, well done, then they race it for me. The bunch of pictures I've got from them is amazing. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just amazing to see everyone behind us. And as you say, it has shortened the winter. I hardly even know it's coming up to Christmas because <laughs> we haven't had a chance to think about that yet. So basically you become rock stars is what you're saying, but you just don't want to admit it just yet. Is that it? You're the rock star and that's cool. Okay, fair enough. Um, <laughs> Trina, uh, we have to remember too now that as fantastic as this journey has been to this point, there's another team standing across from me uh, in that all Ireland final. And, um, you know, they're going to be just as hungry to win that all Ireland final come all Ireland final days yourselves. When do the preparations ramp up now? Is it just the week before the match itself that you're going to focus back in? Or have you had a bit of time just after the semi-final, just a bit of downtime um, before you get you turn your minds and full focus on that all Ireland final? Um, yeah, so um, I suppose our preparation will be just like um, every other game. Do you know, um, we were back training there now last night. Um, we train on Wednesday nights, so it was great to get back with the girls. And, you know, um, obviously at the start of training, we were just talking about the great achievement it is and how amazing it'll be. But then as soon as training started, it was just heads down again and um, getting ourselves in the best shape as possible. And, um, you know, from now on, it'll start like you know, eating right, sleep, drinking right, getting hydrated, and um, just the same as every other game. I suppose we'll go out, and there's a job to be done, and hopefully that um, we'll get over the line on the Sunday the seventeenth. Yeah, because on Sunday the seventeenth, Trina Claire Morris are just going to be—they're going to be just as hungry as you, and they've been an equally impressive run to get to their um, All Ireland final. You probably did. I don't know if you knew much about Kasaran coming into the semi-finals, or did it matter? Are, are you just so fully focused on yourselves that the opposition that you might not have met same way? And you went on the road in Tipperary, you went on the road in Clare, you beat the Kerry champions. You might have known an awful lot about the opposition, but has it just been a case with James O'Donovan and his team just focusing in on what you do? Um, yeah, so we don't know much about our opposition. Um, we kind of leave that up to uh, James and the lads. You know, they kind of do their research on them and um, they'll inform us then. So, um, you know, I suppose we do kind of talk a little bit about them, um, but we just try to keep the um, focus on our game. And, you know, if we play the way we're playing all year, play our running game and then obviously get back and get back and defend um then like that's our main aim so um i suppose just go out and play the best football that we can play and if we play to our potential then i'm sure hopefully um it'll be a cracking game yeah, it's going to be a cracking game, I think, definitely. Michelle, you're part of a defence that we've written extensively about this year that has been absolutely playing lights out football. I can see the smiles from the other people. in The midfielders have been just as impressive, the forwards have been just as impressive, and the goalkeeper's been lights out. Sorry, so we've covered everyone there. But specifically the back six and the people that have come into the back six in and out of it, Michelle, 
it's, there's been noticeable improvement in your defence this year. That's not a, a cliche, that's a fact. It must be refreshing to play in such in a defence where you seem to trust each other and you seem to know what each other is doing. Is, is that a fair comment? Yeah, it definitely is. Like this year, we just seem more in tune with each other and we just all want to do as well as we can for each other and we'd all be there backing each other up. And our aim usually for every game is that no goals, we're not letting any goals in and that's that's what we try and do. But it's not just us, like it's like literally from one to fifteen, like the forwards, the midfielders, everyone, they're all coming back to help out and it's just working as a team and so far it's working. <laughs> oh, it certainly yeah. is. Uh, so far it's working, Michelle, you've been very, very modest about it. But has it helped, I suppose, as you said, like that you have a set way of, of, of how you go about defending, the way you shut down Gasseran the last day, the way you've defended so well, I think, this year in the county final as well. I don't know if you remember against Donnie's, you held a really talented Donnie's forward line, a really talented Donnie's forward line at that grade in that final for over 25 minutes. And like that doesn't just happen. It's obviously something you've worked on since the start of the year. Yeah, we've definitely worked on it. Just, just trying to, yeah, basically just keep everyone out. Just work together. Make sure there's no ball, or you know, if if someone is in a bit of trouble, that you know, there's always going to be someone there behind you to back you up. Or then we've Christine then behind us, and she's always looking out for us as well, telling us, you know, go left, go right, or you know, and then the kickouts then as well. You know, her kickouts have been amazing as well, which always helps to get us going again mm-hmm. and up to the forwards. But yeah, it's definitely one to fifteen. We all we just look out for each other. And with that glowing reference, Christine, I turn to you. Um, obviously, you made a very, very important save against Gosferan early on. What's it like playing behind this defence? And not just the defence, obviously, the midfield and the forwards, but specifically the six players and this two or three that have come on off the bench as well this year. Like It, it, it must be, refresh, I suppose, it must be reassuring for a goalkeeper when you see your defenders playing as well as they do. Yeah, to be honest, it's great. I mean, the amount of blocks that are in there is unbelievable. Even before that save, the last day, Sarah Hurley had got an unbelievable block in, which meant that the angle then was narrowed for the girl who was taking the kick. So small little things like that really help, or even just the fact that everyone trusts each other and they're defending in numbers. You always have extra people back. It's, it's just a pleasure to work behind them. And uh, you're very polite when you're telling people to get into position? Oh yeah, very. Of course. <laughs> as, a, as, a, as a teacher, you know, you wouldn't be using any any untoward words or anything telling me. Oh no, you're, you're, no, not at all. Michelle, Michelle, Michelle vouched me there. Yeah, Michelle. yeah, yeah. No, she's very <laughs> lovely. Don't believe a word of it. Um, Trina, uh, getting to Parnell Park. When you get close to Parnell Park, I don't know. You, I presume you're going to be on a bus. Is there a routine on the bus or with the team uh, on the away matches this year? Like, is somebody in charge of music? Have we got singers? Have we any singers on this call this evening? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I've interviewed all the singers basically already and you haven't told me that. But yeah. I suppose Trina, from, from Donovan Ross's point of view and again leading into an All-Ireland final, the routine is going to be very, very important. You mentioned nutrition, you mentioned hydration, you mentioned this, the training and all the things that have to fall into place the week of an All-Ireland final. But just the hours beforehand, um, is there a routine on the bus? Like, Do you have people who sit in specific seats or do you just get on with it? Um, yeah, so I think we're going to be going up the night before. So we're going to go up the Saturday night and we're going to stay above on the Saturday. Um, so I think um, the away game in Glasgow will definitely stand to us there. You know, we've had a night away already. So we know um, the preparation and the routines that go into that. Um, but then once we uh, get up in the morning, you know, have our breakfast and once we get on the bus, I think um, like, you know, traveling away all year, we've been away to Tipperary, away in Clare. Um, away again in Mallow and then Glasgow um, it'll really stand to us and you know the preparation has been you know you get on the bus you have a bit of crack and a laugh and then 
when you're about 30 minutes away from the pitch, you know, everyone really just focuses down. You put in your head, your ear, um, your headphones, you know, listening mm. to your music, you're really just focused in. Um, and then I suppose we save the singing and everything to the bus journey home then. So, um, do you know, it's, it's great. You know, you can just focus in, but I think, that you're with the team as well it really helps you know because um you're all nervous together you're all excited and if you have like um a doubt in your mind or if you're questioning anything you know you can speak to any one of them and um they'll reassure you that everything's going to be fine so um yeah no i think it's great it certainly is i'm, I'm getting excited now don't worry talk about it um, and michelle just for you finally like i has it sunk in? I mean, you're you're in an all-earned final, but can you even imagine, you've seen the effect of what you've done for the parish of Skibbereen already, but what would an all-earned final victory do? I mean, if you think about it positively, like what effect, and wouldn't that just be something fantastic to end the year with? Oh, it'd be brilliant for everyone, like let alone ourselves, but the whole community, like, like everyone's buzzing. They just, you know, can't wait for the day and hopefully now on the day it will go our way and we'll do everything we can you know we'll all go out and fight for each other but just to bring that cup and an All-Ireland medal home would be just the icing on the cake it just really would make everyone's Christmas I think and Skibbereen will probably be pretty busy then for a week I would say after <laughs> Yeah if you win that I might have to give you a week off before I start looking for <laughs> interviews again Christine we will leave the final word to you as a goalkeeper of this team heading up to Parnell Park to play in an All-Ireland final with the Parish of Skibbereen and all of West Cork it's been lovely I think I don't know if you've had an opportunity to see on social media the amount of clubs not just in West Cork but East Cork, North Cork and Mid Cork wishing you well Glanmire as well wishing you all well there's a lot of goodwill and a groundswell of hope behind you um, and that must be a nice thing to know in the back of your mind that there's so many people who are really going or really hoping that you do it oh uh, yeah it's, it's lovely like and I think it's really driven us on as well you know um, see, uh, we have seen some of that on social media but even just around town everywhere anyone you meet as I say wishes you luck and it's just lovely it's humbling um, and to see the support and the support we got in trying to get to Glasgow as well was amazing but I think that's down to the um, committee that's behind us the coaches and everyone they have put the word out there and let everyone know and we've just had to put on the put the performance on the pitch. And you've certainly done that in some style, not just winning the County Junior A Championship without losing a game, but uh, winning the Provincial Championship in Munster, winning a fantastic and a game I'll never forget at home in your home park against Gus Ryan in the semi-finals. Just one more step to go. Sunday, December the 17th, Parnell Park in Dublin at 2pm. Claire Morris versus O'Donovan Rossa in the current account .ie LGFA All-Ireland Junior Club Final. On behalf of everyone, not just at the Big Red Bench, but in Cork's Red FM, we are behind you 100% O'Donovan Rasa, Trina Murphy, Michelle Donnell, and Christine Fitzgerald. Thank you very much for your time, and we wish you all the best. Best of luck. Thanks very much. Thank you. The very best of luck to uh, all the girls tomorrow for O'Donovan Rasa. Hopefully, they can add to Glenmire's fantastic success uh, this evening in bringing home another club All-Ireland title. One more bit of GA news to bring you before we get to the break is that the 2024 Fitzgibbon Cup final which takes place on February 16th is going to be played in my home GA club of Abbey Dorney in County Kerry which is uh, huge news for us um, but so it would be obviously uh, selfishly for me it would be great if <laughs> Cork, one of the Cork schools or one of the or UCC or CIT were, were to feature in that uh, which would be a, a good link for here um, but uh, that's going to be a great one for us and uh, always a fantastic game isn't it the Fitzgibbon Cup final alright 
After the break, we're going to look ahead to Munster versus Exeter, but before that, we're going to hear from snooker legend, six-time world championship finalist, Jimmy White. Don't go away. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM. You're very welcome back to the Big Red Bench here on Cork's Red FM. It's Aidan Leahy here with you until 7 o'clock. And uh, we're going to hear from a snooker legend now because Ken Doherty and Jimmy White are coming to Black Rock Hurling Club on the 2nd of January for a night with the legends. Um, you can get tickets through either Black Rock Hurling Club uh, if you contact 87 There's a lot of nines there. Or the Crucible Snooker Club or the tickets are on uh, ticketstop.ie. Uh, Jimmy White is coming over and it was an absolute privilege during the week to speak to him. Um, it was during the Scottish Masters um, that I was speaking to him, I think it was Wednesday evening uh, that we talked and it was the day after Aaron Hill had had a very good win over Jack Lazowski. So I asked him a bit about Aaron and how he's getting on as well as Jimmy and uh, what we might expect on the 2nd of January when he comes to uh, Black Rock Hurling Club with Ken Doherty. All right, I'm delighted now to be joined on the line by one of Snooker's biggest legends, Jimmy White, who's coming to Black Rock on the 2nd of January, along with Ken Doherty for what will no doubt be a fantastic event. Jimmy, first of all, thanks a million for joining us. No, it's my pleasure. Thanks for calling me. You looking forward to coming over to Cork? Yeah, I love Cork and I love Ireland. Unfortunately, I love the Guinness, so I end up getting in a bit of trouble, so I've got to behave myself. That's it. You've you've obviously been to Cork a a few times in the past. Good memories? Yeah, I've had some great times there, some great exhibitions and some great tournaments there. And now you've got a fantastic player from Cork on the main tour, Aaron Hill, who's producing some really good snooker. So it's put Cork back on the map for the snooker for sure. Absolutely, it's it's a it's a massive sporting city. There's uh, loads of different pockets of uh, you know support for each different sports around around the county. The the north side of the county, or the north side, the likes of Black Rock, etc. We're coming to is a massive hotbed for it. Um, I suppose I might ask you about Aaron Hill in just a second. First of all, I suppose when you think about exhibition snooker, the first name most people think of is probably Jimmy White. Uh, do you try to develop new tricks when you do? these type of events or do you just come up with a lot of the stuff on, on, on the night the late great Hurricane Higgins who made the game popular because he was a shot maker and I followed in his footsteps playing all these you know screw shots banana shots Judd Trump does it now once he's won the frame O'Sullivan can do it but he only really does it in exhibitions and uh yeah, we like to entertain the crowd. We get to, we get some people come up and play a couple of frames as well from the audience, or maybe a local up-and-coming player. But no, it's not like normal match snooker. There's not a lot of safety. There's more entertaining, and as I say, lots of flare shots. You know, doing things that you need to do in a match, but. It's nice to have it in your armoury, but it doesn't come up that much. So during exhibitions, we play all sorts of different trick shots. 
and as well I suppose a challenge not to damage the Q-tip or any of that stuff whenever you're doing no, things no, like we, that. We, we, we just borderline being careful when we do the massage shots we make sure yeah. that we don't miss Q you know. Absolutely, yeah. Like you said, it could be a chance for a young up and coming player to 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 get a bit of experience and make their name. I'm sure, like we said, one fellow who's been in that position is Aaron Hill, and he continues to make progress in his career. Yesterday, beating Jack Lazowski in the Scottish Open, he's still yep. quite young. Um, what have you made of his career so far? I think he's going along nicely. He beat me this year five four, and I think. Um, he built on his confidence from that because a couple of tournaments later he went to China, got to the quarterfinals, and he's got everything. He's got good cue ball control, and his dad comes from a boxing family, so they're sort of quite disciplined, and I think he's going along nicely. He hasn't interfered with his cue action, which a lot of youngsters do. They come through, they come over to these academies in Sheffield, and then they start tinkering with their cue action. He's left his cue action alone, and I think it's quite natural, quite solid. I think he's just one of them players who will just keep on improving, keep on improving. And he's very enthusiastic and very dedicated. And uh, I, all I can see him is going from strength to strength. Stylistically, like how would you describe him? Would you compare him to anyone? Maybe you know, uh, any any top ten players or anything like that. He's very difficult. I'd say he's. Um, I'd say he's a lot like. Ooh, um, I think he's a bit like Ding with his cue ball control. You know, he knows what he's doing when he's in the balls, which is the most important thing. I think just the shot selection. And the tactical side, that will come from experience. So I think, you know, if he keeps going along as he is and, you know, he's got a nice family behind him that are like, you know, make sure that he keeps his um, feet on the ground. And I think he's, I think he's just got to let him develop. I don't think yeah. it's, you know, a lot of people, it's not like footballers or hurliners or, you know, team efforts. It's like it's an individual sport like golf. So, you know, like, probably people never interfered with McElroy, you know, at all until he got to, you know, they let him play and go on the tournament. Then they get into all these mind coaches and all that other stuff. But at the moment, he's still learning his trade and he's going along very nicely. Yeah, you mentioned experience. Like, it's so tough for young guys like him, isn't it? You've that group of... Tennis players have basically been the best in the world for the last decade, if not more, and they seem yeah. to get better with age, don't they? So it is, it's tough to crack. Yeah, and we'll look at snooker. You know, O'Sullivan, 48, Williams, 50, Higgins, 48. You know, they're still at the top of the game. You know, it's like, it's not... You're quite lucky with snooker. It's um, as long as your eyes are okay and you're willing to practice, you can keep going as long as you like, you know? So he's... Um, you know, I, I just, if I was to give him any advice, which I have done with his dad, it's just to let him be and let him um, keep going along nicely. You're still uh, playing away as well yourself, of course. Um, what's it like on the tour these days? Like, is it, like, compared to when he started out, um, how difficult is it to stay on the tour? Like, it, it must be quite demanding. There's a lot of tournaments. Um, how, do, how do you view your, 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 your career at the moment, I suppose, over the last couple of years? 
there's a lot there's lots well I'm world seniors champion that got me in the champion of champions I also I actually won last night myself I didn't finish till quarter past one in the morning I um I won four three on the black so I play tomorrow I play Dominic Dow so yeah my my game I do a lot of exhibitions with O'Sullivan and my game is in good shape it's just that when you win with this game once you start winning you get on a roll and you've got to, you've got to ride it you know and it's, when you lose then you've just got to find a way out of it because the difficulty you've got now is you've got so many good players out there so many good youngsters coming through especially from china now we've been saying this for a long time and they haven't really come through but they are coming through now there's about 50 Chinese players who, like, in the next two or three years will be on the circuit, you know, real top, top players. And they get they get government funding as well, so they're, all, they're already not under pressure financially. So, they've, so being on a tour this day and age, you've got to be sharp and you've got to be willing to just live and breathe snooker, which Aaron Hill is doing nicely. Yeah, and like when you would have started, I presume it was mostly UK-based, and now you have so many tournaments in Asia. That travel must be very demanding. Yeah, it is, but, you know, when you've been doing it, I've been doing it all my life. If I'm at home for more than two weeks, I don't know what to do with myself, so <laughs> yeah. I end up starting doing a bit of DIY, which ends up having to get someone in to fix it. So I'm, I'm all up for the travelling. I love it. Excellent, and uh, yeah, hopefully the the next bit of travelling we'll be doing obviously is to Cork on the second of January. It promises to be a fantastic night. It'll be a great night. We meet all the punters. We do autographs and photographs. We have a laugh with them. We play some entertaining stuff, and uh, hopefully, you know, we have a new youngster come along and play us that night, and hopefully, uh, we give him a few opportunities to see what he's got. Absolutely excellent stuff. The tickets can be bought on ticketstop.ie as well as the Crucible Snooker Club and Black Rock Hurling Club. Jimmy White, it has been an absolute privilege to have you on the Big Revenge. Thanks for joining us. God bless you. Take care. Yeah, well, fantastic to speak to the whirlwind Jimmy White there ahead of his trip over to Cork on the 2nd of January himself and Ken Doherty asked uh, Black Rock Hurling Club um, for in aid of uh, the Hurling Club of uh, obviously of course and uh, look promises to be a fantastic night to get stop.ie to get the tickets or contact Black Rock Hurling Club or the Crucible Snooker Club alright let's finish up by looking ahead to Munster versus Exeter tomorrow um, they'll be looking to bounce back of course from their opening round defeat in the Champions Cup uh, or sorry a draw wasn't it a 17-all draw with Bayonne and Thoman Park um, it was almost like a defeat I suppose the way they gave up the lead um, Exeter opened their campaign with an impressive win over Toulon our own Rory O'Hagan is the presenter of the Red 78 the Munster Rugby Podcast on Off the Ball and along with Munster legends Alan Quinlan and Fiona Hayes they looked ahead to the game and where Munster need to improve. We'll move on to uh, Exeter and uh, Sandy Park this coming Sunday. Place for Munster have uh, never won in the European Cup. And Fiona, Exeter had a, a, a terrific win against Toulon at the weekend. Battle back from 18 5 down to win at 19 18 in France. An incredible result and an incredible second half performance from them. Yeah, look, there. I like I've been following them a little bit in the prem, and they're obviously not playing as well as they should be. They've got some real star players 
players and just watching them battle out that second half was absolutely brilliant. Anywhere in France to go away is is huge to come up with with, with that kind of win. And you know they they have that players Henry Slade kicking it over the bar as well Thank right you. at the end. So it's they have those X factor players that can come up with those big moments. And you know I'm, I'm a huge fan of Scott Co as well in in Lucid. I thought he had quite a good game and. Um, uh, Skinner, you know, Henry Skinner at, at 10. They have some young guys that are, have come through the system. A lot of their players, they've, they've signed a couple of guys from Wasps as well. And look, they seemed, they, they showed heart and true grit to come up with that win in the end and be very, very difficult place to go over and play. Winnie, what's uh, your thoughts on this Exeter team? Oh, it's tough. It's, it's a tough place to, to, to go. Obviously, getting a great result like that too long. Uh, we're, we're, Monster feeling sorry for themselves a bit this week, but I'm sure Toulon are, are, are fuming, really. <laughs> they couldn't shake off Exeter, you know, at 18-5. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're thinking at half time that next score, and it's going to be 40 points to five. Um, but uh, to be fair to Exeter, and Rob Baxter's teams always have that bit of grace and determination. He's been there a long time. He, you know, I have a lot of respect for him for what he's done. It's that bit of an old school approach, chip on the shoulder type scenario that we're fairly familiar with, with, with Munster over the years. Um, he's had to rebuild the team, really. He's lost a number of kind of yeah. seasoned internationals there in the last few years. They won the competition in uh, 2019 20. 2020. They won it. Um, won a number of premierships, been in so many finals, um, great history about the place. Um, big crowd, you know, passionate crowd. So it's a tough place to go. And I think Ty Byrne referenced that in, in his post-match interviews. So um, Munster got a draw there in 2018, um, lost two years ago in, in that round 16, 13 eight, the, 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 the two legs and beat them then in Thomond Park, 26-10. So um, there's been never been a lot between the side. I think it's four times um, Munster won two at home, drawn one over there, and Exeter have won one game. So um, it's going to be a bit of a dogfight for sure. And like on Saturday against Toulon, Charles Olivon, the French wing forward, is his name, man of the match five minutes before the end. But then, <laughs> uh, so they think, you know, the game, and he was brilliant to be fair. Um, and Jack Vermeulen then gets a try let on, and Henry Slade kicks the winner. It's. Um, Talking about eerie silence in Toma Park, there was eerie silence <laughs> yeah. in Toulon for that. Um, in the Stade Felix may also, um, yeah, it's a tough one. It's a tough one now for Munster. They certainly uh know that themselves. Um, the hope is that obviously they can get a couple of players back. Now, Exeter may have a few players back. You know, Johnny May didn't play, Jack Yandel didn't play. Um, they have a lot of power and physicality. Joe Hawkins at 12, really good player, the young Welsh centre. Um, David Jenkins in the second round, another Welsh youngster as well, really good. So they're very abrasive and aggressive. And, um, you know, if Monster Scrum is not right on Sunday, they're going to be punished because that's one area that, that Rob Baxter loves going after teams and being really physical up front. They pride themselves on their cohesiveness as a pack. So yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's one that Munster have really got to stand up and be physical and and manage the tempo of the game. Well, you know, you you've got to try and silence the crowd yourself. And then, of course, it, when you do the the ideal scenarios, get into the game, be physical, play in the right areas. Munster's attack then would give me confidence that yes, 
um, they can go there and get a result. But it just depends on what happens up front and, and um, number one, who's available and then, you know, their approach and, and their kind of uh, collective ability to get their scrum and line out in a much better place. Yeah, and even and in that Premier, you know, in the Premiership, obviously player teams were missing, like I suppose, some of their starters for the World Cup, but they've had some huge wins at home. They beat Sale 43-0, they beat Saracen 65-10, so they definitely have the ability to put on a show for their home supporters as well. So, they, you know, I always think of Exeter as gritty and tough, but their backline over the years have been so good. And, you know, it's about that accuracy that Quinny talked earlier. When I watch Exeter play everything wrong, Baxter does and how we how we coach as you can see the accuracy around in around how they attack. There's constant threats there, but they are very, very accurate, especially on the game line. And just looking for what improvements need to be made this week, Fiona, as well, just based on last Saturday's performance, like what's the key area wants to need to improve on this weekend? Yeah, look, I think, you know, we last week we spoke about mall defence. They're really going to have to vary up. We keep saying it week in, week out. I think they're going to have to vary up the mall um, in how they attack it. Um, yes, they have a system and they believe that if they can, you know, get it set up quick enough that you'll gain metres. This has not been happening. We've seen it from the start of the season. So I think I'd like to see a little bit of variety around that. Obviously, albeit we catch the ball and, and the throw goes in, you know, the line out in general but I just I just feel like there's teams know how to defend them all as well they're set up nice and early so I'd like to see a little bit of variety around that because you don't want to not be able to kick to the corner and take in other options hmm. Munster over the years has always had a, a solid mall and I think the players are there to do it I just like to see a little bit of variety maybe transfers maybe different movement around that um, scrum in particular just has to be a lot better you know I spoke about Scott Zio Exeter scrum it's it, you know it's not like you're playing a huge big French pack but they're technically very good um, so Munster will have to get that area um, sorted and I think with last week as well Quinny you might agree with me if you were being blown off your scrum one minute and you're and you're up high and you're going back at the, uh, you know what moving back that quickly and the next two scrums you're able to sort it out that's a mentality thing you have you have it up here you know you have it up here you just have to get that set up you have to get that tightness that cohesion right in every scrum because it's not like they were blown off the pitch all game so I think it's about getting that right that's that's a really good point because um, you know I've played in teams and gone to France so many times against really dominant scrums that that you're really worried about and concerned about, and it's just a case of um, it's just a case of of you've got to have all eight forwards ready, aggressive, fighting like hell, good technique. Then after that, um, I remember we played casts in probably two thousand and one or two over in France. They were killing everyone the scrums um, in the top fourteen at the or whatever the league was at the time, and. Um, Peter Clossy and John Hayes were the props, tight head, loose head. And we were really concerned about the scrum. And it was a Saturday night. I don't even think it was on TV, the match. <laughs> Away in Cass, um, hostile atmosphere, first scrum. Peter Clossy was screaming at me, you better stay on me now. As I was going forward and scrummage and scrummage. Um, and I did. And I stayed for ages and ages. And uh, 
and uh, Lassisi, the cast number eight, just picked up the ball and ran straight past me down the blind side. <laughs> and uh, they, you, they, you got uh, killed. <laughs> about three, four phases later, they were scoring in the opposition corner. And I said to Claw, I said, well, <laughs> you know, I did stay on you and you got a little nudge, but the number eight ran past me. Uh, rather than hanging off the scrum, waiting for the number eight. So Claw was roaring and screaming at me, saying, you better get on me. So, yeah, that was my memory of, uh, you know, it actually just came back into my mind there. And um, we laughed after. We ended up winning the match, but wing forwards need to be on their props. Second rows need to have their binds right. They need to be really low. They need to get that little nudge and the hit. All that stuff is, is the technical part of it. But... You said it. Attitude has to be on the money, and uh, they, you know, they, they, the players know it, and hopefully they can um, get it right this week. Um, to be fair, that Bayon scrum was was probably as strong as you'll you'll encounter along the way, bar maybe one or two to lose the scrum and the props they can have and produce. Um, but it is what it is. They've got to get themselves right now this week, and hopefully get a result over there because you know four will go out of the group. Um, getting the win at home, getting a win in Exeter and beating Northampton. Three out of four would have been unbelievable and maybe getting something in Toulon. That's what would have been, you know, that was there for the taking, but they've just got to park it now and, and focus on each game and, and do their utmost to get a result in a very tough place because Exeter here will be bouncing after this and, and um, mm. they really want to get one over Munster as well. Yeah, but I think it. Yeah, sorry, I'm just saying. Look, I think they, that this this team in particular have the ability to do that, and we saw it last season. This management, they're well able to get the best out of their players, and they're not going to be. You heard, you know, the crowd go silent. The players weren't looking too happy after that as well in Tomman Park. So I think this team in particular, obviously, yes, there's a lot of injuries there, but I think that management group will be able to look at at the breakdown being far more accurate and maybe a little bit better in that game management area as well. Exactly. Yeah. Um, as you mentioned, injuries, we don't have an injury update as of yet heading into uh, the game this weekend. Um, so fingers crossed, Munster can get a few players back for this week. Um, but guys, Fiona, would you be confident heading over there this weekend? Look, I would. I, I really would. I, I don't think that was the performance we saw, you know, um, last weekend. I don't think that was in Munster's DNA, having that many errors at, at uh, line-out time, uh, mall time, um, mm. scrum time, you know, inaccuracies, as you said, Coombs knocking it on at the back of that scrum. You know, these things happen again, but there seemed, as the second half went on, I saw a lot more areas around how inaccurate the handling was as well. Tyburn, how how unusual of him to put the, the ball almost into the, to the stand in Toman Park. So they'll look back at that. They know it's, it's a must-win game for them. This is the thing. Munster play best under pressure. And I think it's a very hard place to go with a, 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 a squad, an extra squad that's on a real high after winning in France last week but I, I think they have the ability to go over and do that. I think it'll be a very tight game, but I think Munster have it in them. Yeah, we're going to leave that one there. Hopefully Munster can go over and do the business like uh, Fiona was saying there. Uh, that is it for us this evening and that's it for me as well on the bigger bench. Uh, it's been a fantastic two years presenting the show. My thanks to everyone here in Red FM and uh, Rory O'Hagan in particular who's been my mentor for the last three years uh, basically uh, four years going on almost. Uh, so it's been uh, lovely to present 
it uh, for two years I've had a great time hopefully you're going to hear me every now and then uh, throughout next year uh, uh, so uh, it's not uh, a total uh, goodbye either I'm sure there's plenty of people celebrating as well that they won't have to listen to my biases anymore um, I'll leave you in the fantastic uh, hands of Dan and Sarah who are going to be presenting the show going forward and of course Rory as well is going to always be around but uh, thanks for tuning in and thanks for taking part in uh, being involved with the show over the last couple of years and to everyone I've interviewed I've interviewed some fantastic people sports people uh, everyone people who organise stuff around uh, the County of Cork as well or sporting organisations everything like that it's been brilliant been to some great sporting events this year in particular Ennis unfortunately the only thing that's missing is like reporting on a big massive Cork win in either hurling or football which I seem to have been a bit of a magpie so maybe the look might change for Cork next year if I'm not covering the games every week but that is it for us we're running out of time here now um, my thanks uh, to everyone for tuning in congratulations to Glanmar All-Ireland champions and the very best of luck to O'Donovan Rossa tomorrow there'll be a reaction to that on the big red bench tomorrow with Dan Stevie G is on the way next The Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from 6pm Cork's Red FM